Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, Merry Christmas. Merry I, Christmas. I wish, I wish I had some bells or some sort of Christmas, you know, sound effect that I could do right now. Although I guess we could always add that in post, post-production. And I think you should. The magic of editing, right? Yes. So we'll have some bells or something going off something. right now. So yeah, or reindeers. <laughs> <Snorting. laughs> yes, yeah. They do snort, don't yeah, they? When I hear reindeer snort, it just, it just, it just <laughs> reminds me so much of Christmas. It fills you with the Christmas spirit. It does. does. Just yeah. that snorting. It's, just, yes. it's, it's something about that. That's great. I love that. It's just so seasonal. <laughs> it is. It is. Seasonal allergies, maybe. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, here we are. It is uh, it is the week of Christmas here. And, you know, we just we love Christmas, obviously, for a lot of reasons, probably for many of the reasons that most people love Christmas. But as a pro-abundant life ministry, we're particularly fond of Christmas. And, and you know, thanks to you, Roland, I've sort of had have this new appreciation for Christmas um, in that, you know, I've never talked to a pro-life person or heard, read a pro-life paper or, you know, any of those things that really framed the pro-life issue around the Christmas story, right? right? And yeah. you, you, you kind of refer to it as the, nat- the nativity narrative. Yes. And really how that nativity narrative actually informs our work as a pro-abundant life organization and really sort of, in a way, lays out the blueprint for what pro-life ministry should look like. So why don't you talk about the nativity narrative, the Christmas story, and how it relates to our work? Yeah, no, I I think that uh, one of the the key downloads that God gave me when I first came to CareNet was this whole notion of of thinking about the life issue through the lens of the birth of Christ. And and the fact that, you know, this story, Mm -hmm. um, which is found in the first chapter of the first book of the New Testament, really focuses on an unplanned pregnancy Mary's unplanned pregnancy from a human perspective obviously it was she, it was unplanned uh and uh and and God's response to that and so you have Mary uh who you know uh has hopes and dreams for her life and her life for Joseph with Joseph that does not include a child at this time and in this way and the angel come Ga- angel Gabriel comes to her and says listen you you you're going to have this child and you know certainly Mary has a lot of uncertainty about uh the child growing inside of her and uh, you know, what's Joseph going to do? What's her family going to do? How's her community going to respond? I mean, just lots of uncertainty. And and what does Mary do? She says, let it be unto me as you have said. In other words, she chooses life. And she realizes that, you know, the life growing inside of her is not a life worth sacrificing, but a life worth sacrificing for. And, uh, you know, I thought that was really interesting because a core part of CareNet's work really is to try to encourage women to tap into their inner Mary, to ascribe to themselves the virtue and the character of Mary and to and to choose life. And and that's where a lot of the folks in the pro-life movement sort of sit today. You know, we love to tell the story of Mary. Uh, but what did God do to make sure Mary's unplanned pregnancy wasn't a crisis pregnancy? Well, he sent an angel to Joseph. Mm-hmm. And Joseph was a man with a plan. Mm-hmm. And his plan was essentially to put Mary away quietly. In other words, to divorce her quietly. Um, and and what struck me was that you know Joseph in 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 this nativity narrative had a a sim- faced a similar dilemma as any abortion minded man hopes and dreams for his life his life with Mary that did not include a child at this time and in this way uh, and and he was going to put her away quietly back then you couldn't put the baby away so you put the woman and the baby away so it's almost like a cultural version of an abortion if you will 
Hmm. And, you know, and, and Joseph, you know, it says was a righteous man. And so he thought this was a, a good plan uh, because the alternative would have been for Mary to be stoned for right. being unfaithful. I mean, they were in a covenant relationship. They were essentially in a marriage that had not been consummated. That's right. why he was going to divorce her quietly. Right. And the angel comes to him and says, hey, I know you're a man with a plan, but I got a new plan for you, man. And it is this. I want you to be a husband to her and a father to the child growing inside of her. Husband to her and father to the child growing inside of her. And so what you, what you see there um, in that narrative is that the holy family is holy family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a father and mother united in marriage, loving each other, loving their child and loving God. And and as I reflected on that and kind of thought about that, that's the high idea that God has. I mean, he wants children to come into the world in a, a very specific way. It doesn't always happen, but but you know the, the high idea is for kids to come into the world with a married mother and father, mm-hmm. right, who, mm-hmm. who love each other, love their child, and ideally love God. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that really leads to this whole way of thinking about the life issue uh, through the lens of this biblical narrative, yeah. this nativity narrative, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and we see it there. And it's in the first chapter, the first book of the New Testament. So mm-hmm. yeah. I actually have nativity scenes in my office, that, yeah. as you know what I know, they're great. Uh, that are a reminder of this nativity narrative and that that is actually the response uh, that we should have, that we should really be trying to not just save babies, but also to raise children, right? right and so right. we want children to grow up uh, in, in godly families and, you know, for children to be given abundant life. And, and you see that with Christ that, you know, he was given abundant life in his humanity, right? A father and mother united in marriage, loving each other and loving God, and then became abundant life for us all, which is why we talk about kind of the work that we do as being pro-abundant life. Again, linking to John 10:10, 10, 10, yeah, where Christ yeah, said, I yeah. came that you might have life and have that life abundantly. Yeah, and, yeah. and that whole whole abundant life perspective started started with this nativity narrative uh, where Jesus came into the world. And I think the last thing I'd say on that is that, you know, as you, as you think about that, you know, certainly scripture could have been written in, in a way so that Christ sort of either just shows up on the scene and you don't know his history, if you will, or he could have come into the world via a single mother. I mean, it could have been written that way. It wasn't, right, but right. it could have been, um, you know, and it wasn't sort of that God could protect could kind of protect, couldn't protect Mary rather from people who wanted to stone her, but he could do, you know, an immaculate conception, Uh right? uh So I can do that, but I can't protect you from a bunch of guys that want to stone you. I mean, that's outside my power. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. So there's a meaning in this structure uh, that was laid out. It it, it is a, I do this so that kind of statement, Mm -hmm. how Jesus was born, how he lived and how he died. All of these were, I do this so that statement, including this notion and, and and so God has a design he wants men to be involved in that family process and certainly when there's a situation where there's an unplanned pregnancy he has a role for men uh, right. and, and as much as possible we should be seeking to to encourage men to step into to that role to be a husband for her and a father to the child growing inside of her and we have to have this notion of uh, not just the sanctity of life right, right but also the sanctity of marriage and family um, which precedes the sanctity of life, mm-hmm. which is what it does in the in the biblical narrative yeah. that, that we find uh, yeah. in yeah. the first chapter, the first book of the New Testament. There you go. I know yeah. it's so great. So I hope I hope none of our listeners ever look at their nativity scene yeah. in their house around Christmas time the same way again. I, we we would hope and love for them to sort of look at that and see see the pro abundant life movement right there under right, their tree, right there, right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, and you know a couple other things twi- quickly so that folks can sort of. If they like what they're hearing, we did, we've did. we done a great series of blogs over the last several Christmases, sort of our Christmas without 
yes. series. Yeah. So we have a Christmas without Joseph, mm-hmm. Christmas without Gabriel, mm-hmm. and Christmas without the three kings or the magi, yeah. right? Yeah. And it really kind of just pl- it sh- kind of illustrates the points that you were making. It really shows that every one of those elements was actually essential to that story and is therefore essential to the pro-life movement, right? Mm-hmm. What, did it, what is it that Joseph brought to the table in, you know, everything around fatherhood and marriage and everything yeah. that you've talked about? What is it that Gabriel brought to the table? He was the messenger of hope, right, that t- that brought God's will sort of into yeah. the world, right? And then the three kings, what is, what is it that they brought? And that was, yeah. you know, the giving of gifts, the, the support from the community, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? So all these things are part of that nativity story. And you can't have Christmas without them, right? And no, so, no, you, yeah. you really can't. And yeah. it, it's just when you really think through that, it's just such a powerful story uh, for us because you also see that Joseph, you know, basically has two calls. He mm-hmm. has an individual call, mm-hmm. uh, which is to be a husband to her and a father to the child growing inside of her, which is what we should be trying to do with these men who are who are facing, um, you know, pregnancy decisions, trying to encourage them to tap into their inner Joseph. Right. As we're encouraging the woman to tap into her inner Mary and and to choose life uh, as Joseph did. But you also see that there's a community call that Joseph had. And what I mean by that is, you know, Jesus was not Joseph's biological child. So you also see the adoption story in there, which is also a pro-life response, right? Adoption is there. But but he also has this community call in the sense that um, that that the angel, when he first calls Joseph, he says, Joseph, son of David. Mm. Which is interesting because what he's yeah. doing is he's identifying or connecting Joseph to his people, mm-hmm. the son of David people. And that's significant because when he tells Joseph who Jesus is, right. right, that Jesus will save his people from their sins, what people is he talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The son of David people. Right. Right. right, right that right, he's right. the Messiah, the son of David people. So Joseph is not only ha- ha- doesn't only have this individual call to protect. Right. But he also has this broader call for the community because he's protecting the Christ child mm-hmm. for the whole community mm-hmm. uh, uh, of that, yeah. that that Christ is going to save. Right. And I always think about that sort of metaphorically, if you will, in terms of the work that we do at pregnancy centers. So you've got the individual dad, so to speak, that, you know, that is a result of the unplanned pregnancy and the individual mom, which is sort of the Mary Joseph sort of narrative on an individual right. level. Yeah. Even though the, the way that they got pregnant is, is different, obviously. But but what you see is that framework right mm-hmm. there. So that's sort of a micro way of looking at it. But in a macro way, you've got the community of men, right? And the pregnancy center, if you will, as a ministry platform. So that's a proverbial Mary uh, at, at, a, at, a, at a macro level and a proverbial Joseph at a, mac, at a macro level as well. And I use that often to really encourage men that they should be stepping into and supporting the work of the pro-life movement and specifically the work of pregnancy centers. And that's one of the real needs that we have for more men to be coming into pregnancy centers and to be working with those Josephs uh, at, a, at a micro level, those Josephs right. who are there who need men to come alongside them to encourage mm-hmm. them around the life decision. And that's absolutely the opposite uh, perspective that uh, the folks on the other side have. They, they say it's her body, her choice. It's her decision. 
and they say at a micro level, you, there's nothing for you to see here in terms of getting involved in that decision. Right. And at a macro level, yeah. they're basically telling men, no womb, no say. So right. if you don't have a womb, then you don't have any say uh, in, in this issue. And right. I've heard you hear a lot of, you know, particularly uh, uh, pro-choice politicians and people like that saying, hey, I don't think that I should be involved in this because, you know, um, you know, basically because I don't have a womb, which is illogical right. Right, uh, right, because right. because, you know, even though men don't, uh, give birth to children they are affected by that and 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 it's her, his his child too and and we're affected by the issue of abortion right as a community of men uh, right. even though we're not we're not the ones who uh, carry the children so yeah. anyway it just the story is just so rich mm. uh, in terms of uh, how it connects to uh, the pro abundant life movement and that's one of the reasons why we're big fans of Christmas mm-hmm. and big fans of the nativity narrative yeah absolutely so that's gr- that's great Roland. So that's a great place to, to stop, and you know we'll, we'll we'll say Merry Christmas again, and again we'll we'll hopefully some of those uh, we can get those Christmas sound effects in there as we as we kind of close this out. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah. and don't forget the the, the deer, the, the, deer. Ah, <laughs> the reindeer, the, rain, the, the reindeer, yeah. the reindeer snorts. Of course, it, yes. it's, it's not Christmas it, without them. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, thank you, Rollin. Yeah, take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Carecast. For more pro-abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.